Welcome back to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. I'm Larry Van Mersbergen, your host. I've been collecting Doctor Who since the early 1980s and opened up a shop in 1985 called Bundles from Britain here in Chicago and uh, sold that business a long time ago to uh, my partner who actually started another business that became one of the largest Doctor Who stores in the Midwest. So it's a great honor to be here. Anyway, thank you for listening. Our first episode uh, has not yet appeared as of this taping on iTunes. We are working to solve that problem. But in the last episode, we talked about the first book published by Doctor Who, the Dalek book published by Souvenir Press and the Dalek Pocketbook and Outer Space Guide. And uh, you can uh, go back and listen to that. You can listen to these in any order. I'm choosing different items of Doctor Who interest to, to talk about, of course, uh, some of these are from my own collection and some that I've researched on uh, from other collections. So there are thing, there are so many things out there. So I, I imagine this will be a long conversation. So please be part of the conversation and join us at DoctorWhoCollectors.com or our Facebook page at the Doctor Who Collectors podcast. Today, I want to talk about Doctor Who and the Invasion from Space to start with. Um, it is a book that was published in 1966 by World Distributors of Manchester, written by J.L. Morrissey. And um, what one of the most exciting things about this is that it's going to be released as an audio annual uh, narrated by Peter Purvis, who played Stephen uh, Tyler in the uh, Stephen Taylor, excuse me, in the uh, original series. He worked with William Hartnell. I've met Mr. Purvis, a very nice man. Um, Doctor Who and the Invasion of Space is the first Doctor Who novella, so to speak. It's a novel about the Doctor that is separate from the TV series. And uh, the publisher summary uh, is that the Doctor is joined at the beginning of the story by the Mortimer family and are fleeing the Great Flyer of London. Then they land on a spaceship driven by a supercomputer and carrying survivors from Andromeda who are planning an invasion of the galaxy. So I'm not going to give you too many spoilers because I want to hope that you'll buy the audio annual and, and get it for yourself or obtain a copy of the book. The book is very rare. Uh, apparently not many were published. Uh, the, I, it's very difficult to locate an actual publishing number because um, the original company no longer exists. Uh, but I will talk that the next thing I'm going to talk about is the first Doctor Who annual, which actually has a lesser value than this book because there are more of those out there than there are of this. So first of all, Doctor Who and the Invasion of Space is published by World Distributors in hardback. Uh, it features a very nice picture of William Hartnell uh, on the front cover drawn. Um, I'm trying to see if there's an artist that is credited here. There is not. I'm sure that information is out there somewhere. Um, I don't see it here. I'm also referring to the TARDIS.Fandom.com wiki page, and there is no information to help. Um, the opening page, it, it's brilliantly drawn. Doctor Who and the Invasion of Space. Uh, the, the artwork featuring William Hartnell is absolutely beautiful. Uh, on the first page, of course, it says uh, it has the copyright date of 1966 by the British Broadcasting Company, published in Great Britain by World Distributors of Manchester, printed in the Netherlands. And so just the, the book itself is, it's not a Doctor Who annual, although published by the same company. And somebody, sometimes it's referred to as the second annual, um, but it's not. Um, it is a simple story with illustrations, and the illustrations are very well done. 
the book is a very quick read, as a matter of fact. Um, there's not, it's not a large book at all. The book has a total of 45 pages, and um, it, it's in really good shape. The one I have in my collection has some, uh, some uh, issues on the binding, you know, as far as the binding coming apart. It's an old book. Otherwise, the cover uh, has a little nick in the corner. The binding is fairly intact um, for the most part, and there are no, there's no marks or writing inside the book. Um, you can find the book uh, if you do a search. I know uh, Amazon UK has a copy or two. Uh, they'll range you anywhere in the $600 to $800 range. Um, and I want to address the value of Doctor Who collectibles. There is no price guide for Doctor Who um, merchandise because it's basically, you know, the, the, the bottom line is it's whatever somebody's willing to pay for it. So a seller puts it out there and if they're, if it doesn't sell, they may lower the price to get what they, you know, what they think that it's going to be worth. Um, I've seen several items overpriced online. I'll talk about that when I, in a different episode, because uh, I want, you know, it refers to hardcover uh, WH Allen books, which I'll do in detail. Those are, those are, very nice collectible items. But this particular book actually had a lower print run. It does feature the Doctor Who logo on the cover that is uh, prevalent in the series. And uh, it's, it's a very nice book. So, um, by the way, I want to uh, forget our theme song. What I chose for our theme song is a little snippet of uh, Who's Doctor Who, sung by Fraser Hines. Um, Fraser Hines, excuse me, and uh, I played the entire song in the last podcast. It's a, a 45 uh, from Germany, so uh, I hope to have him sign it this year. And by the way, a little plug, these are not sponsors, uh, but if you want to attend the greatest Doctor Who convention in the Midwest, attend Chicago TARDIS every Thanksgiving weekend at the Westin Hotel in Lombard. You can find out more at chicagotardis.com, uh, which is uh, sponsored by and run by Alien Entertainment Incorporated. So, uh, which, by the way, is the largest Doctor Who store in the Midwest, in Lombard, Illinois. Okay, the next thing I want to talk about is the first Doctor Who annual. This was a book, actually, if you watched uh, the, document, the docudrama An Adventure in Time and Space, it was actually shown to William Hartnell. William Hartnell did sign a few copies. I'll talk about that in a moment. Um, I have three of these in my collection because they're actually very easy to obtain. This one, uh, the one I'm, I'm looking at now is, the, is probably the worst condition. It's a good condition. It has a writing in it. Um, the, um, the artist, uh, a little bit of information about the Doctor Who Annual 1966 is it was released in September of 1965. It is a hardback book of 96 pages distributed by World Distributors. Um, as far as uh, how many were printed, apparently more than Invasion from Space, because you can find this book ranging in price anywhere from $30 on up to as much as $600, depending on the condition. Um, I have three. I have one in good condition, one in good, very good plus condition, and one in mint condition. Uh, this one has, a, has writing in it. The price is not clipped. It's sold for 9 and 6 and uh, the first page has a copyright date of 1965 by the British Broadcasting Company uh, with World Distributors, printed and bound in England. So the Doctor Who Annual um, is 96 pages, so a little bit more material here. The artwork is fantastic. 
Um, inside the book, you've got the Lair of the Zarbi Supreme, so um, tackling monsters that were appearing in the first season. Uh, Twenty Page 22 is Who is Doctor Who? And an interesting little piece there um, about, you know, a little bit about the doctor you know as far as uh, you know the in the tardis through all of time all of time where is he going what is his objection what goal draws him through the in other words who's doctor who where is he from and what does he do just like the song says uh it's a great read and then there's more stories the sons of the crab the lost ones journey back to earth and then there's some puzzles like the equations of doctor who on page 52 which um Sorry, I should have bookmarked these. I apologize. The Equations of Doctor Who, which is a little bit of a, a, a mind mind bender. Uh, the Monsters from Earth. Uh, but nothing yet as far as, you know, future annuals included things like uh, like board games. And uh, interesting, the Dalek book had a game in it. But this one is just mostly stories. Uh, and it's really nice. And some of the stories are in the audio annual that was first out. The Doctor Who audio annuals 1 and 2 read by various authors. Um, the cover um, for the first issue was uh, was imitated, by the way, in the docudrama Adventure in Time and Space with David Bradley's picture on the cover. So uh, I'm going to try to find a screenshot of that so I can put that on the website. By the way, I put pictures of all of the items on the website and on the Facebook page. So if you can see this stuff here, the first Dr. Annual. Now, I have a copy in mint condition that is signed by William Hartnell. It is, uh, it's not dedicated, it's just his signature and the date. Uh, I have not had it officially authenticated, but I've compared it to other signatures that I've seen through official channels and it is, it looks really close and uh, I'm gonna call it genuine. So um, an amazing find, you know, that was, a, that was a nice find. But you can find the first Doctor Who annual. It's, it makes a great gift, by the way, for a Doctor Who fan just starting out. And if you're a collector, you can get this very easily. Um, the second Doctor Who annual uh, from 1966 that came out after the Invasion from Space is actually a little more rare. They, they printed fewer of those. And um, I will talk more about the entire Doctor Who annual run on a different episode. Uh, but I want to just kind of get started with a few small things here. Uh, and again, you know, the values, of course, could be whatever somebody's asking for it. So if you're if you're unsure about condition of a book or whatnot, because I know this this cop, this particular copy of the book has pages that are coming loose. And, you know, that's just the, the age of the book. The books are over 50 years old. They've been used. They were bought by children for the most part. But every once in a while, you get lucky and find a book that's in really good condition. And if you're concerned, contact the seller, ask for detailed photos, ask if the pages are intact, you know, ask a lot of questions. Um, and be sure that you pay with PayPal so you have some protection. You know, they're, they're a great service for that. Uh, anyway, that's that's our episode for today. We're going to close out. I've got one more thing to share with you. Um, I recently found a 45 RPM record. It's a vinyl um, by DECA, catalog number F13885. It features the picture of John Pertwee on the cover and Wurzel Gummage. It's Wurzel Song. Um, and this is a DJ edition. In other words, this is a radio station promo version. It says right on here, advanced promotional copy, not for sale by DECA. Um, and uh, it, the side one is the Wurzel song, which I'm sure many people have heard. On the other side, though, is a song called Who'd Be a Scarecrow, which 
I have not found a copy of this on YouTube, so I recorded it directly from the 45. It is sung by John Pertwee. It's a very rare uh, recording, a rare picture sleeve. Uh, the, the date on it is by Cambar Productions, Chapel Music, 1980. Because remember, he did Wurzel Gummidge after um, he did Doctor Who. And I have, a, I have a quick story about that. When I attended the uh, Chicago uh, convention back in 1986, uh, John Pertwee was a guest. And I remember I was with some friends and we were taking the elevator back up to our room. We get in the elevator. And in the corner of the elevator is John Pertwee in full Wurzel Gummidge costume and character and he is putting on a show for the five of us in the elevator and of course that predates smartphones by a couple decades and we, nobody could have captured it you had to be there i recently was on a panel at chicago tardis talking about john pertwee since his 100th birthday was recent and i shared that story and one of my fellow panelists said yes i was in the elevator too so i can confirm your story so um my friend uh robert wettendorf who uh, i knew for many many years and i'd forgotten that he was in the elevator with me so a long time ago but it, it was kind of cool to be part of doctor who back in the 80s Anyway, if you have a question or if you have an item that you're curious about and want to see featured on this show, and I'm going to try to elicit some guests, other collectors, um, you know, if you'd like to be part of this uh, podcast, you know, just shoot us an email. Uh, our, our Gmail address is Collectors at gmail.com or on Facebook at Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. Uh, you can find us there. Uh, and we'd be more than happy to look into something for you, or I may have it. I have a very large Doctor Who collection I'm very proud of uh, that I keep maintained. I no longer have a business, but uh, that you know, I, I certainly trust the uh, Alien Entertainment Company uh, for most of my needs. Uh, there, are, there are other places you can go, but that's where I would start, because uh, um, the owner of that is Gene Smith. He also is the showrunner for Chicago TARDIS, and he has a lot of information that... Um, would really help you as a collector. Anyway, we're going to close out with I, Who Would Be a Scarecrow, sung by John Pertwee from the DECA recording catalog F13885. Wurzel Gummidge is a Southern television production starring John Pertwee as Wurzel Gummidge. Until next time, thank you. Just a scarecrow, as everyone knows. All the time, good fours to scare off the crows. I wish I was handsome, then I'd get a bride. But I know that I'm not even handsome inside. I'm so lonely. An ugly old scarecrow Who'd be a scarecrow Like me Standing outside In the wind and the rain Wishing so badly Again and again that I was a human inside in the warm a nice cup of tea far away from the storm I'm so lonely an 
ugly old scarecrow Who'd be a scarecrow like me? Plenty of nothing Yes, that's what I've got Except for me dreams All of nothing's my lot Now singing and dancing What a life that would be The humans get that So it isn't for me I'm so lonely An ugly old scarecrow a scarecrow like me Ugly old scarecrow And the crow man's my maker I'm stuck in ten acres <sighs> Who'd be a scarecrow? Not me